Hello! Oh, wait. Hello! <laughs> and welcome to Please... Mm, God no. damn it. The Spoiler Cast. The show where we talk about movies and we don't care about spoiling them because it is, in fact, The Spoiler Cast. And in today's episode, we are kind of... Um, uh, Preparing, I don't know. Preparing for, I guess, yeah. For for uh, one of the movies that I've been looking forward to this year, and I guess you too as well. Yeah, since you showed me the trailer at least. Yeah, because um, yeah, it's already been out in a bunch of countries, but this Friday, last night in Soho, um, is premiering here in Sweden. Well, tomorrow from the day when we're recording this and uploading it. Um, so we thought we should take a look at Edgar Wright's earlier works. Um, since, um, well, I've been a fan since 2004, and I don't know when you became a fan. Probably around the same time? Probably. Yeah. Around the time Shaun of the Dead came out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm actually double-checking now to see how many of his movies I've actually seen. Well, you, I think um, you've seen all of them. He hasn't done that, that many. Nah, not all of them. Well, he did Shaun of the Dead. Um, yeah. Hot Fuss. Then he did Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. All right. Then he did World's End, The World's End. And then he did yeah. Baby Driver. That's it. And then oh. Last Night in Soho. Before that, right, he before just did that, some TV. TV, yeah. And, and I, I have seen... Spaced. Uh, spaced, yeah. yeah so yeah. <laughs> I've seen one of those. Yeah. He did actually do a movie before all that. Yes, but it's uh it's it's one of those it's like uh, it's like saying I that I've made a movie. I have technically made a movie but oh. it was never released. And I think his only okay. showed at like local film festivals or something like that. He made it when he was a kid, so Okay, so maybe I have seen all of his movies yeah. then. Technically. That movie technically is um available on like uh I think it's available on the two disc DVD of Hot Fuss, which I have somewhere. Um oh. I I I have them on Blu-ray now, but I still own the the two discs somewhere. I think I think her parents have it, maybe, and I think yeah, it's on possible. there, or at least some scenes of it are on there. But whatever. Cool. Yes. Well, today we are talking about the Cornetto trilogy. Um, yes. And then we're gonna watch Last Night in Soho tomorrow, and then this Monday for the Patreon episode, we're gonna talk about I'm guessing Scott Pilgrim vs the World, Baby Driver, Space, you know, and the rest of Edgar Wright's works in general. Yes. And then next Thursday, unfortunately, with bad timing or whatever, yeah. we're talking about uh, Last Night in Soho. Unless you want us to talk about it on Patreon, but, you know, then oh, people have to pay for it. Yeah, f- f- sure. Well, we're, we're going to mention it on Patreon. Yeah. So if you want we m- our early um, our early opinions, uh, you, you can get them on Monday for just three bucks Depending a month. Depending on when we record it as well, it might be early on Patreon. We'll see. What? Well, y- yeah, it's going to be on... Oh, you mean uh, you mean the, the actual episode? episode. Oh, sh- yeah. yeah, that might be. That might be. Depending on when we record it. Of no promises. Of course. So, yeah, <laughs> if you want that, please check us out on Patreon. Um, yeah. But, yeah. You know what you forgot? No? Well, yeah, intru- introducing us. us. But, we, you know, you know <laughs> it's it's me, Tobias. It's my sister and trust co-host, Rebecca. Hello. And welcome. Yeah, welcome to the show. Um, and we're gonna try to. We've done this before. Where we talk about a bunch of movies, and we're going for way too long. Yes. So we're gonna try to keep this to you know about twenty twenty five minutes per movie because there's yes. so much to talk about in these movies. Oh, we, yes. we could go on for hours. So we're gonna try to 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 keep it <laughs> most likely yes yeah up to about an hour you know. <laughs> um, and considering all of them have been out for at least um almost ten years now. Mm. 
we uh, should be okay with spoiling everything. Oh yes, yes. Um, we're gonna we're gonna we are, however, gonna discuss um, that you know spoilers for the third one at the world's end and how that kind of ruined my experience with the movie. Oh right. But we'll get to that first. We'll get to that first of all. Um, Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Do you remember the first time you watched it? No. Okay. Because for me... <laughs> I've seen it so many times oh, yeah, since. Me too. I do not remember my first experience. Well, for, for me, this was such a monumentous uh, uh, movie. Like, it's still it's still one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and it came out at the perfect time. It came out in 2004. Um, and I, I know I watched it on DVD for the first time. And I'm pretty sure it came out in 2004, 2005 here in Sweden. Um so it was in the in the in the height of like modern zombie movies um and also in the height of my interest of zombie movies cuz um i i had become friends with uh, uh Martin if you've listened to this podcast you've heard Martin's voice here and there and he's also on the commentary tracks um which you can get on Patreon as well uh he introduced me to zombie movies just a few years earlier when we uh, first met each other um, so my, my, my interest in zombie movies was at a peak around 2004, because, you know, just, just a few months earlier we got, um, Zack Snyder's Shaun of, Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Shaun of the Dead? Yeah, sure. Dawn of the Dead. So it was, yes. it was, it was, zombies were all over the place. And, uh, I remember specifically, uh, going over to their house, Martin and his brother, Robin, my two best friends, um, and cause we, we just, we have said this before. Also, we live just across the street from them. So wa- literally a stone, li- li- literally stone across stone the throw. street, it's 15 <laughs> feet between our yeah. front doors. Um, so I walk over, knock on the door, their mom or whoever opens. And I walk into Robin's room where both of them and a bunch of friends are huddled around a TV and they're watching a zombie movie. Um, and it, like half an hour had gone by. And I was like, what is this? Oh, it's this movie called Shaun of the Dead. And I looked at the the, the, uh, the DVD cover. And my first thought was, oh, this looks terrible. Because <laughs> I thought yeah. it was just going to be like a cheap, like a, like a scary movie kind of movie where they're making fun of zombie movies and Dawn of the Dead because of the name and everything. Yeah. Um, but I sat down, watched the rest of the movie that was left, and I fucking loved it. I think I watched the, the whole movie <laughs> the day after. Um and uh, I, like I said, I've been a fan ever since. Yeah. Do you do you remember what you thought the first I... time you saw it? No, but I do remember thinking just like you did that it's gonna be like a a parody. Yeah. Of zombie movies. But I mean, I must have liked it because I kept watching it, and I like it now. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because. I, I don't know I don't know where to where where to start, um, yeah. with, with what makes it so good. Well, f- f- first of all, no, no, you know, you know what what is that makes it so 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 spe- special, so good. It is Edgar Wright and his yes, me- definitely meticulous his, his style. directing. Yeah, his style, his directing, his writing. Um, and I'm, I, they have an editor, but I'm you know the director always sits sits in on the editing. Yeah. Like he is so. Uh, like I said, meticulous when he makes a movie that every every scene feels uh, um, like it's like it's directed down to like the last like millisecond and millimeter of yeah. film is 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 so precisely directed. 
And for some for some directors, you can see that in certain scenes that they like put a lot of effort in some scenes. But then you know, oh, it's a dialogue scene. Oh, it's gonna be you know, it's gonna be a regular two shot or whatever, close up, close up, back and forth, back and forth. But no, every scene in Shaun of the Dead is um, is like handcrafted. Yeah. Every scene has a purpose. Uh, yes, uh, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, and every scene has a purpose and it's well thought out. And even though it's sometimes he's repeating uh, patterns, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we're gonna get to that when we talk about yeah. the rest of the movies. <laughs> um, how there's repeating patterns, but that's also because this is an unofficial trilogy. It's it's supposed yes. to be they're supposed to be similar in style and feeling and 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 and, and no, format. but I'm I'm thinking within Shaun of the Dead as well. Oh, sure, have, yeah repetitive ideas and 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 ways of showing things but it it makes sense because there's a reason for it yeah it is it is that's also a thing like it's very well structured and it's it's structured like a well-told joke yes you you have you have the setup you have the payoff and you even have callbacks later in the movie and and it is a comedy, so not only are there jokes in the movie, the movie is structured as a well-structured joke. It is just, it is just so goddamn <laughs> good, and yeah, I, and it's even more elevated by the fact that there's only, as far as I think, great actors in it. Yeah, I'm trying to think like, is there something I don't like about the movie? And. Not really. <laughs> Not really. There is, there is, <laughs> there is one scene where um, uh, uh, we haven't even gone into the story yet, but whatever. The, whatever. There's one scene where Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are sitting on their couches just after the zombie stuff has started, um, and they realize that they forgot to lock the door, which is another running joke in the beginning of the movie. Yes. Um, and a one-armed. A uh, bridegroom walks into their living room, and they both go Whoa! and stand up. <laughs> if you look at Simon Pegg, he is—he is so close to laughing in that scene. He literally goes, "Whoa!" He looks so goofy. It looks yeah. so ridiculous. And the movie never—you uh, know—the—the—the the, the scares, just like the jokes, are like sincere. It's just like it's a real comedy. It's not like. I don't know. The jokes are sincere. You know what I mean? There's, there are good <laughs> the jokes, jokes well made jokes. But when the movie needs to be serious, it is, it is serious. And the, yeah. the scares are scary. I mean, some yeah. of the scares are funny because it's a comedy. But when the sure. movie needs to be scary, it is scary. That scene, however, does not work because he just goes <laughs> with his face. That's, that's. That's that's it. I think there yeah. might be one other thing, but that's it. And it's that is such well, a I small mean, nitpick. It might also work, to be honest, because Nick Frost's character is very unserious in general. So even though he was like, no, no, it's Sim- supposed oh, did to I be say Nick scared. Fr- it's Simon Pegg who does it. Oh yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Nick Frost. Oh know. wait, it is. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Never mind. Never mind. He goes, I thought Whoa! He with his, and does the jazz yeah, hands. Yeah, well, he kind of does. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess. <laughs> um, other than that, yeah, there are no bad performances. There are no, no, not no, really. no bad lines of dialogue. Um, we'll get to the dialogue later. Yeah. There is, like, there is nothing. It is, I, it is, 
99.9% perfection. Like, it is so as close to a perfect movie as you can get. Yeah, I guess, actually. I mentioned on Twitter... I mean... I, there was, like, a poll or something on Twitter a while back. Um, between... I don't know, I even remember which movies there were. But one of the one of the choices were Edge of Tomorrow. And I wrote, Edge of Tomorrow comes so close to being a perfect movie if it wasn't for that, you know, uh, shitty ending. Right. Um, and that's true. I, I really love that movie. But the ending really... Not ruins the movie, but it, it ruins it from being a perfect movie. Here, it's literally half a second that ruins it from being a perfect movie. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there are no... There are no... There are no plot holes. Even though they make, they make a thing of that on the DVD. Like, they have... Not really plot holes, but what happens to characters when they disappear in the movie. Um, you know, that's not that's not really a plot hole. Um, that's... No, so, that's not a plot hole. Yeah. There's... There is... And there is... Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't... I keep saying it. There's <laughs> nothing... There is nothing wrong with this movie. There's nothing you can point out like, nah, this is bad. Nah, this is bad. No. 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 Uh, the only thing I could say that might, might be a, a dislike... For me, is that some of the characters, the way they are written, I don't like them as characters. There's nothing wrong with how they're portrayed or actually played. It's just not my kind of person to hang out with. <laughs> Which one? I mean, are that's you not referring well, to most of them, to be honest. Oh, okay. <laughs> if I had met them in real life, I would probably hate them. But know. in the movie, they work. And to be honest, they're written very, very English. Yes, this is a very British movie. <laughs> Yes. Um. With without like, n- not like trying to be like a like an American movie trying to be British. This is no 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 very this is British British made by British. Yeah, it's like basically. it's like doesn't make sense, but we, we we you can definitely tell when a movie is Swedish. Oh yes, we, we can because we're from Sweden, and this yeah. you can definitely tell it's a English movie. It's a British movie. Yes. Yeah. Um. Which is also perk actually, because a lot of times you have English movies where too many Americans are involved, and it doesn't really make it English it wants to, anymore. wants to be more international feeling. Yeah. So it has an, an, an more international appeal. No, this is very yeah. British. This is this is, this, British. is this is like Faulty Towers British. Yeah. For talking comedy. <laughs> um, and, I don't know, some other British stuff. <laughs> Black books, I suppose? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of... Speaking of good actors. Speaking of, speaking of good actors. Speaking of people in this movie. Yeah. Um... Should we go through the plot? Well, the plot isn't really that hard. It's about no. Sean, um, a 29-year-old, uh, I don't know, deadbeat, want to call him? Yeah, basically. Yeah, he, li- he lives with uh, his roommate, Pete, his more successful roommate, which I don't understand why he still lives with Sean, since he has a real job and everything. Rent is very steep in London. I guess. And as far as I understand, they're actually in the city of London. Mm, I think it's supposed to be a suburb. The outskirts. Maybe? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's not. A, it's definitely you know, yeah, adjacent to London. But I don't think it's it's not in London because they're living in like a townhouse. Yeah, but that exists. I guess it does. I don't know. I've only been to London once. Yeah, once. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, either either way, yeah, I, I guess that's why. Um, I mean, yeah, and he he he's obviously not like. He's overworked, so maybe he's not getting paid a lot. Yeah, maybe. and Because he has to take extra hours and shit. Yeah. So. And, and there's our first... It's not really a cameo, because he's in the movie 
for a, a, a substantial amount of time, but it's Peter Serafinowicz. Yes. Known, of course, from space, but also as the voice of Darth Maul in Star Wars Episode One, which is kind of funny when, oh, you, that's right. when you think of Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright, and space, <laughs> and their relationship to Star Wars, especially the prequels. Um, yeah. It's kind of funny. Um, but then uh, he, he technically also lives there, does Ed, played by Nick Frost. Yes. He doesn't pay rent, he just hangs out there. But, He's just there. Yeah, but like Pete <laughs> said, uh, you know, they he came over one night. They drank apple schnapps and played Tekken two, but that was five years ago. When is he going? He home? never left. Yeah. When is he going home? So he just hangs out there because he's Sean's best friend. And he obviously has nothing to do. He's unemployed. Yeah, he's unemployed. And, uh, you know, he brings in a little bit of money. Free though. food. Yeah, by by <laughs> dealing drugs. Oh yes, yeah. sure. Not sure how much of that money. Um, he doesn't. Sean. Yeah, and... I don't think that goes towards the household. <laughs> no, <laughs> but still, maybe beer. <laughs> yeah, maybe beer. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so so he he's he's going nowhere in life. Yeah, and that is why the movie more or less opens with him being dumped by his girlfriend. I mean, technically, she, he's dumped in the second scene they're together, but the movie opens oh, yeah. with them hanging out at the pub. Uh, it's last call, which means it's around two thirty at night. Um. And they talk about it's... how she, you know she wants to move on, she and she wants to bring him with him or her, of course, but she, you know she wants him to want to want to do it too, not just do it because she yes. wants to. And he's like, sure, yeah, things are gonna change, but you know nothing will. Um, and he says he's been saying that for years. Yeah, obviously yeah. you can tell by the look on her face. <laughs> yeah. So she dumps him after a second a second fight later, like uh, like a, a little bit into the movie. Um, but as luck would have it, a zombie invasion, bre- <laughs> a zombie uh, infestation breaks out in London. Um, and he sees this, not as an opportunity to get her back, but, you know, he still loves her. So he has to save her cares. and his friends. And it's about them going from Sean's house to the pub. Where else? Yeah. You know, and the, where they're going to hold up. But you know, you have a few detours on the way. Yeah. They have to pick up some people. They meet some people. They lose some people. Yeah. But they eventually do end up at the pub <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, that, that's that's one of the things. Like, even in a crisis situation, his, his plan is pub? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's all he does. He, he wakes up, goes to work, hangs out at the pub, goes to bed, goes to work. Hangs out at the pub. Ah. And, and the uh, occasional TV uh, video game session oh, sure, at home. Sure, sure, sure. But that's about it. That's about it. And that, that is that is the plot. But then it, so that it's not really a lot of plot. It is more, much more character driven. It's about him yes. uh, growing up, basically. But 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 at the same time, not really. It's just well, coming to maybe, coming to terms with yeah. who he is. Maybe not growing up, but realizing that this is how things are, yeah, and yeah. this is what things could be, I suppose. Yeah. Um, that the tiniest of changes can make the largest of differences. That's not correct wording, but you no, know what yeah, I mean. No, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> um, but along the way, then, we have we have so, so many actors from other British comedies. Yes. Um, a, lo- a lot of people from Space, the, the show that Simon Pegg wrote with Edgar Wright, or I guess Simon Pegg wrote it with Shit, what's her name? Her place. She has a small role in this. Yvonne. 
Um, Jessica Stevenson. Right. They wrote Spaced. Edgar Wright directed it, and that's kind of where they became friends. They knew they knew each other before, but that's you know where they became friends. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I go where I was going with that, but. Well, you were talking about all the, the characters. Oh, yes, the characters. Or so, the actors, I suppose. Yeah, so we have Jessica Stevenson, who plays the second lead to, Sam, to Simon Pegg in Spaced. She shows up in a small role um, as Yvonne, who is basically Sean's counterpart. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of mirroring of their stories in this movie the, when, when they actually meet. Um, but then, like you said, you have you have um, uh, uh, Peter Serafinowicz, who plays... Uh, I don't remember what he's called in Spaced, but he's like... The arch nemesis in Spaced. And there's even a little uh, nod to his character in um, in Shaun of the Dead because he gets a phone He's call. Dwayne Benzie. Oh, oh, in Spaced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and in, in Spaced, every time he's in a scene, he always gets a phone call and he says, Dumb, hi. And when he gets a phone call, ah. this, when Pete gets a phone call, you can hear him in the background saying, Dumb, hi. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then you have like Nick Frost, who also plays, he plays like a... I don't know what he—he's kind of not a doomsday prepper, but sort of a like a like a gun nut prepper guy yeah. in in spaced. Um, and then you have um, um, is there any, is there anyone else from uh, from space? No, then we don't have any more from spaced. But we do then have from black books. We have of course Dylan Morn who plays David in this, which yes. is kind of the—he's the twat in this movie. Nobody likes him. Not, yeah, not, no. barely even his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also in a very very small role um, uh, we have Tamsin Grieg who plays Fran yes. in Black Books in this movie um, There's uh, we also have a in, in the same scene we also have Martin Freeman for like three seconds who plays then uh, yeah. Jessica Stevenson's boyfriend in this I think he only says hello he says hello <laughs> yeah um, and in in that scene it's, it's a scene where they all meet up and you know you yeah. have Yvonne's has all the same character as Sean has in his party, but it's you know it's yeah. it's, it's not not even reversed. Only you know some of the characters are some reversed. of them are gender swapped, yeah. but that's about it. Um, and in that role we also have shit. What's his name? The 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 short bald fat guy from uh, Little Britain, Matt Lucas. Oh, yeah. or is that the other one? I think so. I actually don't remember the name. Yeah, I don't remember. I can't find him either. <laughs> Uh, which is kind of funny because in Spaced, the other guy from Little Britain, the tall one, actually plays a, a, an avant-garde artist in one episode. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of crossover uh, in the movie. Uh, so if if you like British comedy, like like '90s and early 2000s British comedy, uh, you'll you'll see a lot of familiar faces. You'll see a lot of familiar faces in all three of these movies, oh, to be yes. honest. Because just looking through the cast list, it makes it even more ob- obvious that, like... Oh, right, Matt Lucas, by the way. Matt Lucas, yes. Yeah. Like, most of these people are in one of the three movies twice. Wait, that doesn't make sense. Two of the three <laughs> movies, at least. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're are also they? always in, well, like, not, yeah, maybe not most all of, them, of but... them. Not all of them, but most of them. Yeah. They have, like, maybe a tiny role. Like, for example, uh, Rafe Spall. Yeah. He plays Noel in this one. Yeah, he plays Noel, which is uh, an annoying uh, a co-worker of Sean's. Teenager. Yeah, teenager. But in Hot Fuzz, he's one of the Andes. Yes. Wainwright. 
I don't remember which one. I think it's Andy Wainwright. Because it's Andy Wainwright and Andy Cartwright, the Andes. Um, And he also, he has a small role in uh, uh, World's End as a a, a house buyer. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) In one scene. Two scenes. We'll get to that. All right. Um. Anyway, but the, yeah. The, so, what what makes the movie so? That's that's another good thing because this movie, just like Spaced, it is full of references to other zombie movies, yes. specifically the the uh, Living Dead trilogy, uh, George A. Romero's Living Dead trilogy, which we discussed earlier on in this podcast uh, last year. Let's check out oh, those. Wasn't episodes. it earlier this year? I think it was earlier this year. Maybe it was. Actually. Yeah, because we've only been on Spotify and everything. Yeah, this year. Earlier this year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I think I lived in this apartment, actually. Uh, yeah, <laughs> probably. Barely been here a year. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, um, so, you, you, <laughs> and there's too many references to mention. Um, yes. Like the, the movie, when the first time you see Sean, it's the, it's it's a reference to the opening of Day of the Dead. When he walks, oh, oh he's the zombie from the opening. Mm. Um, and yeah, there's there, 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 a lot, lot of the music is actually used in, is from uh, Dawn of the Dead. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously the name, Sean, Sean Dawn. Of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, yeah. Duh. Um, but then there's also, you know, there's, there's, reference to other other horror movies not really there's mostly zombie movie references yes i mean there are other other there's kind of they're horror movie tropes obviously oh yeah but like most of them are it's zombie related that's the thing oh yeah um but then what so the problem the thing is though that the references are never in the way it never feels like oh they're just doing this to reference uh, uh, another movie. There's, it's never like, no, no. oh, I know that. I gotta clap for it. It's not. It's never fan service, which you know, re- no. reference to other movies can still be fan service. This that that it is not. This movie stands completely on its own because of the the great writing and directing and acting. Yes. Um. There, there and there is of course the the most famous scene where Ed they're sitting at the bar right after uh, Sean gets dumped. They're sitting at the bar talking about what they're gonna do tomorrow. They're just gonna keep drinking, as Ed says. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't remember all the all the steps now, but it starts with, of course, Bloody Marys in the morning, which is then mirrored yes. later when they kill a zombie called Mary by impaling mm-hmm. her, so that she bleeds everywhere in Bloody Mary. Um, yeah. Then they're gonna have what is it a a couple at the Little Princess, which is of course when they go to pick up uh, Sean's girlfriend, whatever her name is. Diane? No. Nope, that's her, her friend. Uh, she, Kate Ashfield plays her. Liz. It? Liz, right. And, of course, her two flatmates, David and Di, a couple at the Little Princess. Or at yeah. the Princess, whatever. Um, yeah. Then the, when they go to pick up Sean's mom, they're at King's Head to do something. I don't remember. Anyway, there's, then there's another step. Then they stagger back to the Winchester for shots, i.e., they 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 act as zombies to get into the Winchester, where they use the gun to kill zombies. The shotgun. Yeah, the, uh, well, it's a Winchester <laughs> rifle. It's a Winchester rifle, but it's a shotgun. No, it's not. It's a rifle. It's a very different thing. <laughs> oh, whatever. It looks that, like it, a that's a funny shotgun. thing, though, because in the movie. Ed wants Sean to call the bullets. He calls them bullets first. He says, oh, shells, which they are not. 
because I'm um, this is whatever. That, that's I'm pretty <laughs> sure that is an in joke because a shotgun uses shells. A rifle yeah. uses bullets. True. Well, I always thought that the Winchester guns were like smaller ones. I didn't know they made big no, rifles. No, as Winch- well. a Winchester rifle is like the most one of the most iconic rifles of all time. Winchester rifle. I just know of the the Winchester pistol. I don't think there are Winchester pistols. Never mind. They what? reference that in other series and movies, though. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. Oh, whatever. Whatever. Um. <laughs> yeah. We're obviously not gun nuts. So. No, exactly. Yeah. But uh, um. Yeah. It, it, we 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 we, we like we said we we gotta talk about more movies. We can't go into like story yes. specifics. Yes, and I'm like Shadow the Dead. It's it's a very simple movie, but like you said, it's it's very well thought out and meticulously planned and, and directed. So just watch it. Yeah, and, to be and honest, that that like we said, that style never like they never like let go of that. It's never not like oh whatever this scene is just them walking. No. Then there, no, no. The, a scene of them just walking is still full of there are like you know little sound effects, music, the editing, the dialogue when they're details walking. Details in the background. Yeah, there's details everywhere in these movies. Because even before we know that there's a zombie outbreak, we see uh, military trucks passing behind them, people running the opposite direction, but you never see why. You have on like passing a TV and you see the news clips, but you never actually hear what they say or or properly know what they're going to say. Yeah. So you have all these hints before it actually. Or or, or just a little thing, um, uh, uh, not even the the more famous one is his walk when he wakes up to go to work. He there's this one long take where he walks across the street and down to the local shop to get a a, a, yeah. a, a drink. Um, and there's these steps like he gives a homeless man money. He he um, he walks past the guy who's cleaning his car and he he trips on the curb. Um, there's a man um, uh, jogging past him, and later in the movie, that yeah. is that is they do that entire take again. But then everyone is zombies. But he's so stuck yeah. in a rut, they stuck in this suburban hell that he doesn't even notice that uh, the the homeless guy is trying to grab him instead of asking for money. Instead of asking for money, um, the the jogger is now running for his life. Away, f- away from zombies. Yeah. So, a bunch of those details. Lots, of, lots of fun that visual gags. Stumbles next to has a hole in the windshield. Uh, yes, exactly. And there's blood all over the windshield. windshield. Yeah. But there's another one of those. There's a li- just a little. One of my favorite <laughs> uh, like examples of one of those little details. Um, we have a scene also where they're kind of foreshadowing uh, uh, the zombie apocalypse. Because when he gets to work, he has to kind of take command. Because not only is his boss uh, uh, homesick, but the next yes. in, the next guy in 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 line to take over then Ash, which is of course a, a reference to Evil Dead, um, yeah. is also homesick because you know the zombie. Also, all of Pete's coworkers are homesick, so he has to pick up extra shifts. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's why he 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 is very angry when they play electro in the middle of the night later on. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, when he's when he's at work, of course, he works in a like electronic store. He sells you know TVs and and radios and whatever. Yeah. Um, he he. There, well, another reference thing. There's a whole thing about him talking about you know you can't take personal calls because it's not a social gathering. Then later he gets mm-hmm. two social calls, um, or private calls. Uh, uh, one from his stepdad and one from from Liz. Um, but when he's talking to Liz, 
He's trying to play it cool, like he's not getting a private call, just as he's having having a discussion with Noel, Riff's Paul, about not having, uh, uh, you know, personal calls at work. So he says, oh, it's just list from head office. Nothing to panic about, but he has to panic because the talk, they were talking about going to a restaurant, and he hasn't yeah. booked a table yet. He forgot to. So that's also kind of funny thing. Nothing to panic about, but he has to panic. He panics about it yeah. later. But also... Directly after that, they cut to a man running down the street in a panic. Yeah. Literally the next second is a man (laughs) running in a panic down the street past the flower shop where Sean is standing to buy flowers for his mom. Yeah. Little details like that. So clever. All over the movie, which makes it so much fun to watch. But like I said also... It's not like the details take over. There's there is a well written story and well written characters as well. There is it's it is just ah it is but so good. But the best good. part is oh, yeah? that that continues in on into the next movie. Yes, which we should get to right now because we've done <laughs> yes. more than twenty minutes. Hot Fuzz, which Hot Fuzz. came out three years later. Yeah, um, it is. Uh, it is once again yes. starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Um, and as main characters, yes, yes, uh, but this time they're not deadbeats; they are policemen officers or police officers. <laughs> well, Nick Frost is—he's—he's he's kind of a deadbeat, even though he's actually a police officer. <laughs> yeah, he's not sure, the sure. best one. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, and this one is, of course, uh, in in the complete opposite. This time, um, Simon Pegg plays like the best police officer like in super, London. He's super cop. He's the super cop, basically. Yeah. Which they reference later in the movie. Is. Because there's an actual movie called Super Cop in real life. Whatever. Um, 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 and he, he's, he's so good at, at doing his job that he gets transferred out of London to a little village uh, like uh, 150 miles outside of London called Sanford. Sanford. Sanford Gloucestershire. Sanford, yeah. Yeah. He's four hundred percent better than anyone else in the force, basically. Yes, like he's making all the other cops look bad. And that's why they send him away. So they they they, they they rank him up so he becomes sergeant. But mm, he has to be sergeant yes. away from London. <laughs> yes. And there he thinks, oh no, rural policing, this is gonna be fucking bore. He's used to, you know, real crime and stuff. He likes yeah, he's London. He's shot born at and raised and stabbed in London. Yeah. and you know, adventures, yeah. basically. But then people start dying in very strange accidents yes. all around Sanford. So he and uh, uh, Danny, played by Nick Frost, uh, yeah. police officer Danny. PC Danny Butterman. Yeah. Has to figure out, uh, are they really accidents or are they uh, are they murders? Yes. I don't know. They aren't. We'll get to that when we talk about the... <laughs> that, that's the premise of the movie. Um, I mean, we as an audience know that there are murders because we see the, the shadowy, the cloaked figure yes. killing everyone. Um, but here, once again, this is um, not as much uh, like an homage to police movies in general, but action movies in general. Yeah. With a hint of horror movie. Because, of course, yes. the cloaked murderer is very, like... Sla- almost slasher movie like in, in when he kills yeah, people. Yeah, it's a slasher killer. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's mostly action yeah. movies. Um, and just like in Shaun of the Dead, it is so 
so meticulously yes. directed and written. It is insane. Once again, written by Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright, and of course directed by Edgar Wright. Uh, yeah, again, it has every scene has a purpose. It has a t- even the tiniest of details have reason. Yeah, to be there. If if anything, I think this movie has is is even more flawless in that regard. Like there is no fat to this movie. There's no. nothing you can cut out to like ah we need to trim it down. This is too long. No, nothing. Everything no. is a reference to either something that has happened or is going to happen, and it has a purpose in the movie. It yes. is insane. Everything can be explained. Yes, it is. It Specifically, is. everything is eventually explained very thoroughly. I mean, even <laughs> even down to a joke that oh no, they have to do they have to do menial tasks as police officers in this little town. Like one of the first crimes they have to figure or crimes. One of the first calls they go on. Is that there is a swan missing from the local castle? Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and you know they have to try to find this swan, which they can't. However, that's well, that swan they find it, but they can't. Yeah, catch they can't it. find it, but they can't catch it. Eventually, they do, but that's towards the end. Yeah, throughout the movie, that swan comes into play over and over yep. until it literally stops the main bad guy in the end. It's it's yeah. Chekhov's swan. <laughs> Instead of Chekhov's gun, <laughs> yeah. Um, and there are so many details like that in the movie. Um, yeah, I think this one has even more than yeah, because it's a little longer. Um, so it has just more yeah. of it. Um, and uh, I will, however, say a lot of people have said that um, uh, Hot Fuss is is more meticulous, more detailed, and more flawless than. Hot, uh, uh, Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> yeah, but I gotta say, there are there is one scene in the movie which I didn't. I only thought of this time. I rewatched it yesterday. Um, that actually, I actually started questioning, like, wait, wait, why is this happening? Not, not why is it happening, but why is it happening this way? And it is the scene towards towards the end when he he is he thinks he has figured it out. Um, and he's, he, he goes back into the, the, uh, um, ch- chief's office, I don't know, police chief's office. Yeah. He says there are, there are multiple, multiple killers. He's like, oh, you're overthinking this. Why don't you just go home? And it's like the low, it's the low point of the movie. But mm-hmm. as he goes home, he yeah. goes to the hotel where he's living, which is also a running joke that, you know, he, he's, he's promised a lovely little cottage. Because you know all, all the yes. policemen get, get their own cottage in, in in the village, but it's not done yet, so he has to live in just like before in the movie when he's living in in the the like the house where all the cadets, police cadets are living, well, the, while they're going to the academy, he's living there as well, and then he has to do the same thing. Oh, whatever. That's that's a small whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he gets dragged in to his hotel room because the door. He notices the door is open, so he gets dragged in by the cloaked figure. Who starts to you know try to uh, beat him to death? He managed yeah. to pull off the cloak. See that it is Michael Armstrong, um, like or, the the big heavy in the movie. What do they call him? Lurch. Lurch. Yes, because he, yeah. he has a child's it's mind. Yarp. He says yarp and narp. That's it. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we have seen that the, the, he's right that there are multiple killers because the 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 cloaked killers killer. Is one of a lot of people 
in the movie. We too many to yeah. mention. Um, and they all always use you know weapons to kill people. They use an axe to behead a couple of people in the beginning. They use, I guess, a part of the church roof is not really a weapon, but you know, to kill another oh, guy. Yeah. They use uh, uh, garden shears to kill a woman. And but it, explosion, explosion, and all that. yeah, yeah, and a and a and a, a lead pipe to to beat the guy first before they oh, before yeah, they true. blow him up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in this scene, when when Lurch Michael Armstrong pulls him in, he starts beating him with his fists. But then later in the scene, pulls out the knife when he can't beat him. Why didn't he just use the knife? I mean, I get it for. For screen in the screenplay, it's so that uh, uh, Simon Pegg's character can survive, can beat him. But Officer I mean, Sir Angel, yeah, a- Nicholas, Nicholas Angel, Angel. Nicholas Angel, Nicholas, <laughs> they call him Angle, yeah, more Angle, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, in in the movie, why wouldn't he just stab him the second he sees him? Because it's he has a child's mind. He doesn't think of that probably. Okay, that's 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 just an explanation. That's, an explanation, that's not I guess. the reason. That's, but that's not the reason. And the same thing also because in at that moment in the movie we don't know it, but the people who own the hotel are in on the murders. Yeah, but all of all of the town elders are in on it. That's the whole thing. Basically, and we'll get to why that you know that's another reference to a very British thing. But we'll get to that. Um, so why does he have to wear the cloak? And pull him into the room to kill him. Why not just burst out of the door and stab him? I mean, once again, for plot convenience, that it's there, but it obviously it does ruin. Yeah, because on repeat viewings, it doesn't make sense why they don't just stab him right there in the hallway. No, that's true. But that's I mean, the only thing, really. So I guess if he would survive it, they didn't. They didn't want to risk him knowing, like, actually knowing. I mean, he, he's figured it out, but he's not 100% sure until he can point at it, I guess. So maybe it's a precaution in case he gets away? I mean, he does, though, so they fail either way, but... Yeah. I don't know. Why do any killers hide who they are if they're going to kill people? Uh, yeah, well... Because the person's going to die. No, no, no. The only if, witness if will are, die. If there are witnesses, that's why. Yeah, but, but here he is the, in a place where he knows the only witnesses are in on it. So, yeah, the same thing with the, the when Martin Blower and uh, Eve Draper gets murdered. They're in a closed room. There's only those two people in there. I guess. Why do you have to be masked then? Yeah. So I think it's only just to like keep the illusion. Uh, yeah, up. yeah. It's of course that said that we don't uh, no, get to so that we don't figure it out yet. Even though they they yeah. tell us the whole plot literally in the next scene, but still. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I understand that. Well, that's supposed to be the aha moment. I oh, suppose. of course, of course, of course. But it just—it just—it's the first time I like what in this movie. Yeah. The, and I haven't noticed it before, but this time I was like, well, that doesn't really make sense. But still, that's the only scene in the movie. The rest, Chef's Kiss, perfectly directed, edited, and acted and written. It is just yes. ah, so goddamn good. And once again, you have all these amazing actors. Mo- a lot of them were in Shaun of the Dead as well. Uh, or if they weren't, they show up in World's End. <laughs> well, so <laughs> we have Simon Pegg, we have Nick Frost, uh, Rafe Spall. Who else was in Shaun of the Dead? Martin Freeman. Oh, right. Yes, he- oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Because and then Bill and Nye, this time he has more lines. <laughs> yes, not a lot, but no, he's, a in, bit he's more. in one scene. Yeah. Um, isn't Bill? All right, Bill Nye, Bill who plays Nye. the stepfather in Shaun of the Dead, yeah. plays the chief Again, inspector in this one. Small one, but still. Yeah. Um, wait, I have to have all cast and crew, but I know there's a few more. We we did mention um one of the Andes. Uh, yeah, Rafe's Rafe's, uh, Rafe's ball. Yeah. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but I think there's a few more. I think that's. But they might have been like background characters in Shaun of the Dead, or like not even have names, just be random people in the background. I'm I'm not sure, but I think one of the old because there's there's two very old people in this in Hot Fuzz that we can't really understand. Oh, uh, one of them's. Um, do, 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 what's his oh, name? Oh, one of them plays the groundskeeper in Jim, Harry Potter. Jim Broadbent. Oh, Jim Broadbent is not in in Shaun of the Dead. No, but the other one, what's his name? Yeah, that's the the other one is the guy from from uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, I, I don't remember his name. Doesn't one of those play the homeless guy in in Shaun of the Dead? Nope. No? no. Okay, it just looks a lot like the homeless guy is a young guy in the in in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, but there's one who's like old and gray and sh- chases pigeons. Oh no, that's just a random guy. That's not them. Oh no, no, no. Okay, but never mind. Them. Yeah, but um, what's what's more interesting in Hot Fuzz is that now they have like a, a bunch of you know uh, uh, older like famous uh, uh, British actors, people that might not even you know, uh, you know, I don't know what I was. Gonna... We might not know. What but, are you trying to word? Yeah, that, that we might not know of, but like in Britain, they're famous. Like yeah. classic, classic British actors like Jim Broadbent. Um, yeah, uh, we do have one. Uh, I'm, I, I think I might be wrong, but I think the woman who owns the the small shop where they buy the Cornetto and Hot Fuss that might be the lady in the. Bar, the cocosidal maniac, the who was in the first international uh, porno movie. That might be true. That, I think I'm not sure if that's her, but that might be her. Who says, "No luck catching them swans, then," or "No luck catching them killers, then." Oh yes, there's um, just the one actually. <laughs> I'm not sure. You know what I just found, and I've never thought of this before. You have. A bunch of uncredited actors. Oh, yes. Yes. First off, on that, because they're in alphabetically uh, ordered, uh, you have Kate Blanchett. Yes, Kate Blanchett, who plays Janine. His girlfriend, who is completely (laughs) covered up in in, a hazmat suit. Yeah, in a hazmat suit, because she works uh, with uh, uh, the crime scene investigation team or the crime scene team. Um, You have, of course, Peter Jackson. Steve Coogan Uh, (laughs) as well. Huh? Steve Coogan. Oh yeah, but he's the other he's the other police, police. Uh, guy who next to Martin Freeman. Yeah. Yeah, but I I just never connected that it's him for some reason. Well, he w- and then yes, like you said, J- Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson plays uh, 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 Santa. Uh, like a mall Santa <laughs> who stabs uh, Simon Pegg in the in the in the. I hand. think you only see like his shoulder and hand. Yeah, though. you see his you face, see but more. it's covered, of course, of yeah. big beard. Um, you have um, who else do you have? I mean, Edgar Wright's in it, but yeah, he's that doesn't surprise me. It's literally much. a blink and blink and you'll miss it, and you don't even see his face. Yeah. You see him in, in profile. He's pushing like a cart in in the in the shopping mall or the 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 grocery store. Yeah. Um, but you have if you want to talk like older like um, older older familiar faces, 
You have Julia Deakin, who plays the wife to the to the bar owner. Um, Mary yeah. is her name. Yes, I mean she's credited at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, yeah, of course. But but she she plays uh, Marsha in Spaced, the landlady. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, who else? You have um, ah, oh, what's his name? You have my favorite from Black Books. No, of course, Bill Bailey. Bill Bailey, who plays uh, two Sergeant two brothers or Turner. Twins? Yeah, both of them are Sergeant Turner, though. So I mean. Well, yeah, they have the same last name because they're brothers, yeah. <laughs> twins. So he he's only credited once as one name, which is weird. Sure, because <laughs> it 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 takes a few times to like realize, wait, that's a different person. It's yeah. not the same. No, yeah, guy. we don't get that until the very end, where you see them both in the yeah. same shot. Because one of them is very clean cut, and nice. The other one's very rude and looks looks like he looks very like haggard. He's never slept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's a joke. Like when he when he sees him in the morning, he thinks, oh, he's had a bad night. But no, it's just the other brother. Um. Yeah, the guy who works night shifts are the ones who's uh, clean and happy. <laughs> yeah, but then you also have, where is his name? Joe Cornish. Um, oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure Joe Cornish is in the movie, and he, of course, um, he has worked. He's, he's. I think it's Joe Cornish. Yeah. Um, he plays Bob. Yeah, who has he has worked on 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 some other very good uh, uh, British movies. One of them being Attack the Block. Oh yes, um, which I think he both directed and wrote. I think he so. He wrote it definitely. Um, yeah, he directed, wrote it, and produced it. Yeah, um, and he's involved in the Tactical Book too, which is in pre-production. Oh, I didn't even still. know about that. Um, uh, uh, I think we've mentioned it before. Oh, he, he's he, actually he in some of that as well. In... He plays one of the zombies in the end who gets shot by a soldier. Oh yeah. Um, and he made uh, the king who would be king, the kid who would be king, which was kind of an overlooked movie, which I really liked from 2019. Can't say I've seen it. To no, yeah, uh, no, nobody saw it, but it, no one saw no, it. To, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, because it's a pretty fun that uh, kids movie. Um, Lewis Ashbourne Circus is that Andy Circus's son? Who was that? Just coincidence. The main actor in in the kid who would be king. I don't know actually. I haven't looked into that. His name is Louis Ashbourne Circus. It's just maybe a funny coincidence, I suppose. I actually, I actually don't know. Yeah, never mind. Um, That's not the point. Yeah, but then we also have, um, I think Stephen Moffat is also in the movie. I'm not sure where he would be, but I think he's in the movie, and he's he has also worked. To, uh, he's worked a lot on Doctor Who. I might be wrong about that. You shouldn't quote me on that, but I'm, I'm I think he's in. Hot fast for like one second. Um, then, of course, uh, the man who, who tends to the castle and calls in about the swan is uh, uh, Stephen Merchant. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, part of the comedic duo Stephen Merchant and Ricky Gervais. Uh, also had his own TV show, Hello Ladies, on HBO. Pretty funny. Um, he plays Peter Ian Staker. Piss Taker? But isn't <laughs> there a character called Stephen Merchant as well? There is. I don't know about... I mean, there is a merchant, at least. Oh, there is... Yeah, there is a merchant. Yeah, that's another thing. All the main characters, um, or all the main, like, bad guys, have last names that are also, like, a profession. Like, Treacher, yeah. st- uh, well, Staker, Merchant, uh, uh, Dyer, uh, I, I don't remember who else. Paver. Paver, yeah. Um, Shooter? Yeah, yeah. Rev- yeah, Reverend that's Shooter. the Reverend. All, all the names are... are <laughs> Or most of the names are um, Porter, Roy Porter, who's the bartender. Yeah, Skinner. Yeah, 
they're all they're all names of professions. Why he chose that, I don't know. But you know, the, I think it's just funny. No, it's it's a uh, George Merchant is the character. Ah, but that's played by Ron Cook. It's just Merchant. It just stuck with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the, I, I actually, uh, oh shit, I forgot his name. Stephen Merchant plays yes plays the groundskeeper at the castle. He's yeah. the one who who has to describe the swan to Nicholas Angel. You know what the swan is called? The the real swan's name? No. It's Elvis. Oh. <laughs> the swan is is listed as a as a is credited as an actor. And how would you and its name is Elvis. How would you describe the swan? Well it's white, has a long slender yeah. neck, uh, a black and orange bill. Anything else? Well it's a yeah, swan. It's a swan. <laughs> The Swan actually has a second uh, acting job. Really? <laughs> yes. It was in... Um, uh, well, it was as itself in a TV movie called Born Equal. Okay. And then it's uncredited in the Bad Education <laughs> movie. <laughs> uncredited work, even. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's good. good for Elvis, I suppose. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've ever heard, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, you know, there are famous animal actors. So, yeah. Sure, but a swan? <laughs> Is it trained? Probably. Is it no commandos? Probably. I, I think birds, you know, birds are smart enough to be trained. Maybe not sure, all birds but are. swans. You know, but still, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> then, uh, yeah. The big thing, though, in the movie is that it's not just like uh, an homage to action movies. There are, you know, there are specific homages to Bad Boys Two and uh, yes, and uh, uh, Point Break, which they do point out in the movie. But there's, you know, there's other things. You know, there's car chases and uh, a lot of slow motion, uh, very, very uh, reminiscent of John Woo movies. But then mm-hmm. they also add something that is is very, very specifically British. Once again, because it's a very British movie, you have um, the the strange. You know, cult-like uh, community in in you know in 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 rural Britain. One of yes, the most famous the ones, council. of course, the Wicker Man, the original Wicker Man, not the remake. <clears throat> yes, um, it's it's a it's a thing in British cinema. A you know, cult, you know, cults are a thing in British cinema. I think it's because they they do have councils, and all the councils seem very culty in yeah. general. Because you know, it's it's a. Uh, all the it's always been the same people. It's always the same families who's leading it and who's involved, yeah. and uh, they decide things even though people might not be happy with it. It becomes even though they're not family, it becomes very incestuous almost. Yeah, yeah. And you have you have like like I said, cl- classic classic from from the seventies is Wicker Man. But even in in later cinema, one of my favorite horror movies, uh, Kill List, is is about a cult. All right. Which we don't find out until like the last ten minutes, but it, that a cult has been working behind the scenes. But whatever. Um, you have, uh, I think, there's a British Netflix movie called The Ritual, which I think involves a cult. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I haven't seen that. No, but then there is one that came out like, just a couple of years ago, I think, called uh, Apostle, by um, uh, the guy who made the the Raid movies. He made a horror movie about a cult on a secluded island off off the coast of uh, England. Uh, it's it's a thing in British cinema. So it's it's very British to have a cult leading this town and killing people. Yeah. Um, which I, I that, that's like the that's like the biggest reference, not to a specific movie, but to like a, a British type of movie, which I find very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
but I don't really have much more to say about... No, I was about to say, speaking of cults, you have something that seems like a cult in World's End. Yes, let's talk about World's End. Um, Which, again, is Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg. Yes, written and then directed by Edgar Wright, starring... Yes. Simon Pegg, Simon Nick, Pegg Frost, Nick Frost, and a bunch and a of, bunch of the people, <laughs> yeah, from from <laughs> the other movies. Um, you have once again, you have Martin Martin Freeman this time in a starring role yes. because now he was, yes. now he's famous because now he has been not only on British TV, he has been in the Hobbit, so you know they gave him a starring role this time. <laughs> yeah, you have David Bradley who was in Hot Fuzz as the farmer who can, who can't speak English. Oh yeah, he has a small role. You have of course, um, yeah, he's high up credited though <laughs> yeah i think that's because of the alphabet but what he the the other andy from the andy cartwright yes what's his name um uh damn wait. it i forget his name that's annoying i have to find him <laughs> i don't actually know it by heart he has become a very famous actor Paddy, Cons- Paddy Considine, Cons- yeah, right. Considine, Paddy Considine it, yeah. plays another uh, 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 lead role. Oh, we forgot to mention uh, Olivia Coleman in um, in in Hot Fuzz. She plays uh, PC Doris Thatcher. Oh yeah, that's the true. promiscuous, the only policewoman that they have. Yeah. Um, which is it's kind of funny because at that point she was mostly known for British TV, and she has definitely blown up in the last few years. But if you're an Edgar Wright yes. fan, you know her, yeah, all the way back in 2007. So that's fun. Anyway. Um, Again, you have Rafe's Ball. Rafe's Ball in a very small role, like we said. He took yeah. only two scenes, but still. Um, but then you have, from Spaced, you have, shit, what's his name? Uh, Michael Smiley plays the Reverend Green, and he played oh, Tires yes. in Spaced. One of the funnier characters. He's a, like a bike messenger. Who who likes to to that uh, like do take acid and go to raves? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you have once again Bill Nye playing uh, well, just a voice role in this one. Um, yes. Then you have some new people. You have um, you have oh well, we forget okay, Judah Deacon once again shows up in the movie. Yes. Um, you also have. Brian from Spaced. I forget his name. Yeah, I was about to say that because I was like, isn't that that guy, Mark Heap? Yes, 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 yes. He plays... And he was also in... Oh, Jesus, my camera just freaked out. Uh, He was also in one of the other ones, wasn't he? I don't think he is. He's in Spaced. But I don't think he's in the other movies. He might be a zombie somewhere in Shown Dead or something like that. Yeah, but... I think he's a zombie. Uh, yeah, that might be it, yeah. But there's so many... No, he... Um, yeah, never mind. Yeah, then we have, of course... Um, <laughs> Ah, oh, shit, what's her name? The girl. Rosamund Pike. Rosamund Pike, Pike thank you. Who, well, she's a new one. She's not no, been no, in she's, the other No, no, she's ones, new. Right? Uh, but this was, yeah. uh, once again, just before she blew up, the year after she blew up with, uh, of course, with Gone Girl. Yes, but she But she, she was mainly known, you know, in British stuff before that. Um, I, of course, knew uh, her from, from James Bond. She was in uh, Die Another Day. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Eleven years before, we also have Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan, speaking of J- uh, James Bond, yeah. Um, yes, and it's, it's, it, there are so many uh, uh, actors in this one, like British actors. Yes, uh, it, I mean more than I can. All, also, because recognize. the main characters have younger alter egos, so you have like kids that I've never seen before, but I'm guessing they're gonna become more known if you're English. Well, at this point, they should have 
careers in that case because it's eight years since they did uh, this movie. And that's true. Yeah, but um, speaking of uh, the plot, or or uh, speaking of the movie in general, this one, even though it's really well made, it is the one yes. I like the least. <laughs> Yes. For some specific reasons. The first one being that the biggest twist in all of these movies is the twist of what is actually going on in the little town they're in, in the world's end. Yeah. When this movie was first announced, it was said to be a drama comedy about about, about growing up and leaving the past behind you. I was like, oh, so that's a very fitting end to an to a movie about you know slackers and growing up, mm-hmm. um, and it was about it was about like th- uh, five four like late thirty something friends coming back to their their hometown to do a pub crawl and you know them them uh, dealing with their past basically. And I was like, that's yeah. very mature. That's a fun way to end the movie, um, and that was all they said about it like a year or two before it came out or like a year and a half whatever. But then the trailers came out, and in the trailers, they spoil the fact that the town has been invaded by aliens. I mean, they kind of spoil it on the poster, to be honest. Yeah, well, well, by that point, the the trailer was already out, so... Yeah. And it's just like, imagine... Because in the movie, there are, of course, hints, just like like we shown in the Just Big Hot Fuss. They they hint at the horror element, or in this case, the sci-fi element. But imagine watching that movie without knowing that there's an alien invasion going on. And when that when you first find that out, that would have been like a what the fuck? Yeah. And I thought that that was what they were doing when they, because they only talked about the pub crawl and the people, you know, dealing with their past. And then the trailer just now here here are robots, aliens, blue goo. It's just like, "Oh." Well, I'm I'm I can kind of see why they wanted to spoil that a little bit. They did it too much because it's kind of hard to sell a movie just being because if you specifically when you include it in with Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and just saying, "Oh, it's a, it's a more or less drama where they come to terms with who they are and grow up in life." Yeah, but they're like Sorry, what? But it, it, are you sure it's the same people who made Hot Fuzz and Shaun of well, the Dead? Well, you could sell it as they're going to have a crazy night out on the town. Yeah, I guess. And just saying, from the guys who brought you Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, people were like, yay, would have gone see it. And people were like, so what's the horror thing here? Are there zombies? Are there murders? Are there maybe aliens? And then they're like, aha! But instead, and now it's just like, ah, let's just tell them. And it, yeah. it, that, it loses a lot of In, its, like charm because of that i think that's not the movie's fault that's people who cut the trailers but still yes i'm saying it's marketing probably and also that might be because the the production company was a bit scared that it might not be as interesting if they didn't mention that part i guess because it did come out six years after hot fuzz yes they waited a long time that's because he had some other projects that kind of fell through sure um but i'm guessing like maybe production will well the producers were like, mm, you know, we need to really make sure we sell this one somehow. Let's mention the alien robots. Yeah. But still. It's a shame. It's a shame. I agree. Yeah. Um, I do, however, think it's that's not the only reason it's the worst movie. <laughs> no, there are more. And this is, the, this is the one. I can't call it a perfect movie. Once again, no. you have very meticulous directing. 
Definitely. Very good writing, not meticulous writing. Yes. Um, but uh, if there's anything that's still like perfect, it's the dialogue. The dialogue is amazing. Oh yes. Um, for me, it's actually the plot in general that's kind of the plot sorry, is what? the problem because it is a movie about five friends who, on the last day of high school, went out on a pub crawl. The golden, call it the golden Mile, where you're you're gonna go to twelve different uh, pubs. It's supposed to be in twelve hours, but they just go whenever they feel like it, you know, during yeah. the night. Um, and they're gonna celebrate, you know, the, the beginning of their lives now that high school is over, or whatever they call it in, in Britain, England, um, <laughs> school, yeah, basically. But you know, they, they of course they fail. People start f- falling off because like it's sixteen. Yeah, and you, you, yeah, and you don't think like, oh, twelve beers. Yeah, that's a lot, but it's over twelve hours. Have you tried doing a golden mile in a, a pub crawl? I've done a pub crawl. It's hard. You don't think it's gonna be, but it's hard. I've done a golden yes. mile here in Sweden. Twelve different pubs in twelve hours. F- funny thing about my pub crawl. Yeah. It ended at the pub called. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been to that one with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yes. cool. Not the world's end, but a no, no, but end. a yeah. world's yeah. end because there are multiple pubs called the same of thing course. all over Britain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one I went to was in London. Yeah, it's Camden, right? Uh, Camden, that's the one yeah. we went to. So yeah. Yes. Um. Anyway, great tequila. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, a pub crawl is is kind of brutal, specifically since they're I think they're about sixteen when they do 16, it. Sixteen, seventeen, the first yeah. time. And they're just literally having one beer and then moving on, one beer and then moving on. Yeah, there's no food in between. No, there's no, no, no like no. resting. They're just yeah, keep chugging. But that's that's <laughs> of course you're gonna pass yeah. out. And uh, <sighs> yeah, yeah. So you have yes. Simon Pegg in the movie called Gary King. Um, and he's yes. kind of, he was kind of the leader of the pack back then. Um, and he's, he, yeah, because he, he was the cool guy. He was the cool guy. And he's the one who was retelling the story. Turns out, we, we, we find out then that he's retelling the story in a, um, in a, uh, in a home for uh, addicts. He, he is, he's yes. living at a, at a um, what do you call it? Not a home. Or whatever. I don't know a, if he lives there, but he's at AA, basically. Yeah. But, I mean, he has a room there. You see, he has, like, a little room. He doesn't have a, he doesn't oh, yeah, have a flat true. or anything. Um, but he decides, because they never made it to the world's end, the final pub, he decides now, 20 years later, he's going to call up his old friends that he hasn't met in, like, yeah, almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to do the pub crawl all over again. Uh, and the big thing is, because you know, he's stuck in the past. That night was yeah. the greatest night of his life, and his life has pretty much been shit after that. While his other friends have all moved on. They have real jobs, got, they have families, you know, they're grown up. They've grown up. Yeah. <laughs> but they just, because he is he is uh, very charming but also very manipulative, um, he managed to get them all to follow him back to whatever the town is called. Um Hedden? Eden something? Something Shire. <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know. whatever. <laughs> Some British village. Um, and they they decided. Well, he decided they're gonna do the pub crawl again. They're they're gonna get to the world's end this time. But as as they're doing their pub crawl, they realize that not everything is right in the town. Um, and it's actually been taken over by alien robots. Yeah, because people are acting weird and and but that's that's where the problem comes in. Yeah, because there are. 
no subtle hints before we see the first robot. There are hints if you've seen the movie before, but there are no hints if this is the first time you see it, you have no idea that there's something weird going on. No, I mean, they point out, like, one big change when they get to town. That's the big statue. Yeah, but that's also but just... that could just be random statue. They, they just call it modern art. Yeah, so, like... they, they point out how, how everything is becoming, like, gentrified. Like, all the pubs are yeah. now owned by one chain, so they all look the same. And it's, um, They call it something Starbucks? Yeah, they've, they've Starbucks the, um, the, uh, the, the countryside. Yeah, the pub, yeah. Um, and yeah, pointing out that they're, they're not putting modern art in a rural village. Like, who cares about modern art out, out there? And stuff like that. Um, but that that's and that's that's more a hint in general at what the movie is about. Like, like yeah. cherishing the past, but still moving on, which is a big part of the movie. Um, yes, and, you know, definitely. Uh, the, uh, to, to air is human, you know, the, the, the humanity, like one of the core tenets of humanity is like flaws yeah. um which they say even in the movie they say to, to earth is human, human. Yeah, in the very end yeah, yeah um but there are no no hints that you can like discern if you haven't seen the movie before that there are going to be uh aliens in the movie nothing no and when no. we do find out the first hint is literally gary murdering a teenager in a pub bathroom yeah, turns out he didn't murder a teenager. He just popped the head off a robot. Yeah, but still, like, he he was so angry that he would have murdered a person, and this is supposed to be our hero. It just it's yeah. lucky it was a robot. Yeah, I mean, he the person might have not have died, but it would have been a very bad oh, injury. He, he would have hurt himself because he smashes his head against a urinal. Oh h- yeah, that's hard true. enough that's that the urinal breaks. Off. Right. So yeah, that's yeah. True. Our protagonist is now a a, a a basically a murderer, even though yeah. you know he killed an alien. But still, he was prepared to murder a teenager, which is weird for for just nothing for, for ignoring actually. him. Yeah, ignoring him, and he's pissed at his friends. So he just and he wants to like talk to this guy. So he wants to kill him for that. He wants to. He, yeah. I he, mean, he do fights. He st- start fighting, and he, you know, it's a heel of the moment thing. But still, you know, he does a. He does sure. specifically does a rock bottom, which the Rock does when he was a wrestler. And because oh, Gary yeah. King has hit rock bottom, he does the rock bottom yeah. move. Whatever. Mm. Um. Whatever. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> and after that, all his friends come into the the bathroom because they find out that he's been lying about his mom being dead. Oh, um, yes. And they all realize, oh shit, uh, yeah, this guy's head popped off like a Ken doll and there's blue goo everywhere. And then more yeah. teenagers come in and they just start fighting. Second problem, these are regular people, sure. Uh, Nick Frost's character used to play rugby in school. And yeah, they used to sure. get in fights when they were teenagers. But they, the fight scenes are like super well choreographed. It doesn't look. I don't know. I've never been involved in a drunken brawl, but I've seen <laughs> them in pubs. People aren't like coordinated. It's not like a no. movie fight. But I guess this is a movie, so whatever. But that's sure. another weird detail. Um, and then when they like, they all kill the the alien robots, and they're like, "What the hell is going on? Why why are these like 
why, why are there robots here? Why are what is yeah. happening? And that they sit down and like try to quietly discuss it because they don't know who else might be robots. You know, they they figure that out pretty quickly. That's fine. Yeah. But then, sure. Their logic is this is at the f- fifth pub, I think. Five I out of twelve. Think so, yeah. Yes. Then their logic is not to let's just quietly go back to the car and drive home. No, their logic is that. We should keep doing the pub crawl because we don't want to deviate from our pattern because then they might recognize well, they've, us. They've told people that they're going to do the Golden Mile. So if those people were those robot thingies, then they will get suspicious if they just stop and leave. Yeah, but just like they failed back in 1990, they could just say, oh man, oh, we're, we're getting too old for this. We're going back to the hotel and then just walk y- to the car. You know what's even more stupid? No? They are told they are giving off a big sign as soon as they've fought the first robot. Yeah, because they're, they're covered, covered in, in blue. blue yeah. um, Everyone knows it by then. Doesn't matter. Yeah. That they would have continued or gone yeah. home. Everyone knows because you're covered in blue goo. And the further the movie goes along, they get drunker and drunker. And at some t- some points in the movie, it feels like they're just, you know what, eh, whatever, it's an alien invasion. We're, but we're having fun, right? I was like, wait a minute. There are robots yeah. trying to kill you. Well, they're trying to convert you, but they don't know that at that point. No, um, they're, they just know they're being creepy. Yeah. And there is this, there is this, um, this clash between, well, Gary wants to finish the pub crawl, and we also want to kind of act normal. But then there's this, this, you know, them trying to figure out what's going on, but only sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and then towards the end, when two of their friends have been killed, well, uh, converted, taken, taken, yeah, Gary still like desperately like wants to finish the pub crawl yeah but that's because he doesn't really care about the other ones he only cares about him actually fulfilling one of his own goals yeah in but life. it's at the he's a bad person we oh, know sure, that. Sure, sure, but it's at the risk of his own life i mean he's literally running from a from a mob of aliens at from yep. from pub to pub and yep. at one point he uh, when he's at the 11th pub <laughs> Instead of, like, running through the door, he dives out of a window. Like, who who does that? That's another thing. Like, the violence is so uh, 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 unrealistic. Unrealistic. Yeah, first of all, they can all fight like they're, like, martial arts stars. And then he just dives through a a closed window. He crashes through the window. Like, it's nothing. Like, that that usually that cuts you up. Yeah, he doesn't have a scratch. He doesn't have a scratch on him. He, no, no. He, he has the mark in his uh, forehead, but that's from bashing his head towards uh, yeah, the, wooden, exactly. the wooden beam at the golf club. Yeah, when he's trying to prove that he's not uh, a, robot. a robot. Yeah. Uh, why did he just dive through a window? I mean, even in Hot Fuss, when you know, which is supposed to be an action movie, he when he's when he jump when he's jumping through a window, he crashes the window first by throwing his baton at it. When yeah. he's going in where they killed the, well, the horticulturalist with the shears. Yeah. Those things. And I mean, when they get to the 12th pub, they have this big, well-written and, and really, like, tough conversation about, like, give, giving up on, on, on uh, or, like, moving on. Like, he can't move on. He needs to have that last beer. And Nick Frost's character, yeah. Andy? 
Yeah, Andy. Because it's Danny and then Andy in the next movie. Yeah. Uh, like, you need to let that go. But he's like, oh, it's all I have left. All that is... It is such a, like, heartbreaking scene between them. But it's all rushed because they have a mob of aliens about to come in through the door. Yeah. It is It is so strange. Um... It just... It doesn't fit at all together. I mean, it works. No. But it's not at all as well put together like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. And it See, always bothered me. Yeah, that's what bothered me too. Because it doesn't feel like it's... I mean, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, you, you can kind of see the connection, why it's part of the Cornetto trilogy. I mean, you even have the literal buying a Cornetto yeah. in both of those. World's End doesn't even have that tiny no, detail. No, they do throw in a Cornetto wrapper, but it feels like, a, like sure. an afterthought. Yeah, that's like, oh shit, we have to mention Cornetto. Yeah. Y- you, um, you didn't even add that tiny detail. That could have been something they did while they were at the pub crawl. One of them could have been like, oh, just pop into shops and buy a Cornetto, whatever. Yeah, and, and, and something. And whole, the whole thing, like, they could, they, their, their explanation for why they can't leave is ridiculous. Like, oh, they might find out. Like, so? Just They've drive already away. figured no it out. No one's gonna stop you from They're getting to the car. They're staring at yeah. you. Um, and in the other movies, there's always a reason for them for staying. Like in Shaun of the Dead, yeah, it's the safe. The, what's what they think is the safest place to be because they can hole up in the yeah, bar, and it has, it has a rifle, you, you know, know, and bo- dead bolts on the doors, and and they know all the exits exactly. and all that stuff. And in Shaun of the Dead, sure. in, uh, in Hot Fuzz, it is literally their job to figure out who the murderers are yeah. because they're policemen, police officers. Yeah. Here, when when the shit hits <laughs> the fan, officers. policeman officer. Yeah, <laughs> why do don't they just? Leave? I mean, at one point they say, "Oh, we can't leave," but at one point, Gary tells uh, Rosamund Pike's character, uh, Sam. Yeah, uh, Martin Freeman's uh, uh, what's his name? Sister in this. Yeah, one. O man. Uh, o- 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 Oliver something. Oliver Chamberlain. Yeah. And Sam Chamberlain. They, they get to like, oh shit, oh, I parked my car here. So they jump down. She gets into the car. And, and, and Gary just says, go, I'll take care of the other one. Like, so they, I'll get the other ones. They yeah. could have just left then. Because like, no one stops her. She comes back later in the movie. Uh, because, you know, oh, I needed to. I, of course, I couldn't leave you guys. And then like, oh, because also I got lost on the, on the, in the ringway. Whatever they call called. Yeah. It's a joke that, you know. The roads are like a, a maze. Ha ha ha. Also, I mean, you have uh, Martin Freeman's character talking on the phone with her. Oh, you're just lost on the road. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah. Way. But I mean, no one's. There was no aliens stopping her. There was no like roadblocks no. or anything. So they could just have left. The only reason yep. they stay is because the story needs it. Yeah. That's not. I don't know if it's it's some sort of like analogy for addiction. Yeah, or of course that's that... what it is. It's it's about Gary. You can't let go of the past. I mean, there's there's one thing but to if... like have reverence for the past and like enjoying you know things from your past. But he's stuck in it. He has the same yeah. clothes as the day that day in 1990. He has the the he the still black drives coat. the same car. He has the same car. He has the same cassette tape that uh, yeah. that Patty Considine gave him in 1990 or 87 or whatever. Um, yeah. He is firmly stuck because he has not been able to move on that uh, be- because of his oh, addictive Jesus. personality. That was the best day of his life, and everything was just downhill from there. So he's clinging to that memory. Yeah, and, and that works. But that's that's almost also what I'm why I'm saying the alien invasion plot kind of gets in the way 
of that like coming of age letting go of the past plot yeah because it doesn't even feel like it's forcing him to become an adult it's just yeah that's the other thing because when the it's just letting him do what he wants to do yeah because in the end it is his flawed personality and at that point, Andy, who has then started drinking again, even though he has been uh, yeah. he has been sober for like eighteen years or something, uh, because uh, of Gary, um, he was in a car crash driving him to the hospital because he was dying from an yeah. overdose. Um, well, he thought he was he dying, thought he was from, dying from, an from an overdose. Yeah, but then they they, Turned out he they didn't. crashed. Gary woke up, ran away. While uh, 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 Andy was just lying there Andy. dying and then being uh, uh, arrested after extensive surgery. <laughs> um, 12 hours, yeah. to be specific. Yeah, and you have all, all all that, which would have been so interesting if they could actually take the time to to explore that and explore um, uh, Gary's addiction and Gary's, Gary's uh, 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 like, uh, his personality. But yeah. they, they're literally, towards the end, they're running between the pubs to be able to, to get through all the pubs. It's like, it's like they realize, like, oh, shit, the movie's almost over. Oh, uh, he runs away to the next pub. Yeah. And then what saves them, ugh, not, not even really saves them, what stops them from becoming blanks or robots, like, you know, they, they call them blanks. Yeah. Because they're all copies of people who already lived in the town. Um, is the fact that they they refuse to conform. They mm-hmm. want to be like he says. We we want to we want to have a good time. We want to be free, which is a which yeah. is a, an, an ongoing uh, uh, reference in the movie, which is from a, from a song where that song also sa- sampled the movie where they say that we want to be free. We want to we want to be loaded. We want to have a good time, and and they yeah. answer just like oh whatever. You don't fit into our to our great plan, so we're just gonna leave you. Bye. Bye. But in in leaving Earth, <laughs> they also destroy all technology. They like blow up the, yeah, the electrical they've, grid. They've introduced all the technology well, that from the nineties and forward. Earth. So no, they most of it. No, this it's literally. Oh no, that's there is because there is the that. shooting star in the beginning movie. If you when you watch it again, you're like, yeah. ah, there the aliens literally land. On that day, f- the fourth of on that June, night, yeah. I think nineteen ninety, something so, like yeah. that. Yeah, that's true. So the movie ends with them, you know, escaping conformity, but that also leaves the planet in you know a you know an apocalyptic scenario where there is no technology, yeah. no electricity. Uh, it's Fallout, basically. Yeah. Uh, fallout. The, Even the, the blank Fallout. Yes. Not Fallout. Fallout. Well, yeah. <laughs> And the blanks come back to life, and you have uh, robots versus humans. Yeah, sort of. but the the robots are like they just want to live their lives. They're literally blank, though. They don't have yeah, no one controlling them, so they're just randoms. Yeah. Um, and then the movie ends in this weird post-apocalyptic setting where it's supposed to be this like back to basics thing, and everyone's actually happy because they're they're yeah. not they're not stuck in what what they you know. What they thought were their perfect uh, lives, but but not really perfect. Which is another thing. Like, oh, uh, G- Gary is is kind of jealous that everyone was able to move on and he wasn't. But then when he talks to Ant, talks he fights with Andy while they're talking. 
they, <laughs> yeah. they, they don't just sit down to have a conversation. They're literally punching each other and jumping through windows while they're having this conversation, which is weird. Like, oh, you think my life is so perfect. My wife has left me. All I have is my work. I can't drink, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that, that's also the thing, like, maybe the way Gary lives his life isn't the perfect way to do it, but also just completely forgetting about your past is not going to be good for you either. Yeah. Um, it's about trying to find a happy medium, yeah. but this movie doesn't really... I mean, it, it, it obviously explains it eventually, but it's not... It's con it's confused in what, what the, what the yes. message is. It's, it's let go of your past, but also don't conform and, you know, grow up too much. And also, like... Yeah. Technology like bad. Well, yeah, no, I guess that's the only thing. Technology is bad. <laughs> so... Uh, now we're gonna uh, we're gonna let's become farmers. Yeah, let's destroy all technology. But then we do see Nick Frost pining for processed food as he talks. That oh, I don't really miss processed yeah. food. But then you see the Cornetto rapper, and he's like, <gasps> <gasps> so yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't. Really I don't really know. know what's it's a shame, it's a shame that they ended the trilogy on that one. To be honest, what is interesting though is even though it has all these faults, I still thoroughly enjoy the movie. Because well, yeah. of the meticulous, <laughs> once again, meticulous yes. directing and, di I can't say writing, but dialogue writing. Yeah. The acting, yeah, if it, anything, even better oh. now. Simon Pegg, specifically Simon Pegg has grown so much as an actor since Shaun of the Dead. Um, yeah. It's insane. <laughs> yes. Um, but Nick Frost as well. And the other ones were already established actors. All of so, them, yeah, obviously, yeah. yes. Um, it is just that the, the plot just don't work. Um no. It doesn't. But it it's gotten really it got really good reviews though. It's got an eighty one on Metacritic. Um and I think Hot Fuss is the highest one, like eighty six. Um yeah, no, Hot Fuss got eighty one as 81 well. Eighty one as well, okay. Um And Sean of the Dead like a, has that was like a seventy six or something. Seventy six, yeah. yeah. Um and I, I would say that this is the worst of the three. It's I agree. By no means a bad movie. The IMDb ratings agree as well. Because you got Shaun of the Dead at 7.9, Hot Fuzz 7.8, and World's End at 7. Yeah, yeah and, that's, and that, 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 if anything, it shows just how good of a writer and director Edgar Wright is. Oh, yes. That even the worst movie in his trilogy that has a, <laughs> a really fundamental flaw, like the plot is flawed... It's still a great movie. Like, yeah. one of the better movies of 2013. <laughs> uh, it's insane. Um, it's weird. And that's why, and then that kind of continues in his other movies. You've seen Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Uh, the world. Uh, yeah, like once or twice yeah. ages ago. It feels I've only like... seen it once, but I, I gotta say, Tears. First time, well, the only time I saw it. Oh my god. <laughs> I will have to rewatch it if we're gonna yes. discuss it more. That's honest. what I was gonna say, though. Um... Uh, this is why I am so excited for Last Night in Soho because so far he has never made a bad movie. Even though I think he does his best work when he writes with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost is involved because he's always involved. Yeah. Um, his solo stuff, so to speak, is not as good. Um, Baby Driver, great movie, not as good as the Cornetto trilogy. Same thing with Scott Pilgrim. See, to be honest... I've never realized that he is the same guy that made 
Baby Driver really? and, and Scott Pilgrim. I, first of all, I didn't realize that Baby Driver and Scott Pilgrim were made by oh, the same okay. guy, but definitely not the same guy that made the Cornetto trilogy. I gotta say, I, I would have never watched Baby Driver if it wasn't Edgar Wright who made it, because it sounds like a silly idea. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to watch that shit. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, wait, Edgar Wright made it? And, you know, yeah. So it's the same yeah. thing with Last Night in Soho. And not, not the same thing, because that sounds like an interesting premise. And it's made even well, yeah. more interesting by the fact that Edgar Wright has made it. Well, I didn't realize it was him as well until basically before this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, was, I was like, of course we're going to watch this. It seems like an amazing movie. Yeah. And then you're like, but we have to do these episodes beforehand. Oh, really? really? Okay, okay. <laughs> it is his lowest score, though, I think. It has a 65 meta score. Um, a baby driver has... Uh, last night in, in Soho. Yeah. And Baby Driver has an 86. So that's his highest score. Yeah, a lot movie. of people like that one. It's a, very it is a great movie, but we'll talk more about that on Monday. But that is a movie where yes. his meticulous directing isn't applied to every scene. That's that's a like a regular movie where, ooh, some scenes are very meticulously directed, but ah, some scenes are just whatever. We'll okay. get to that. We'll get to that on Monday. Yes, we'll get to that on Monday. But this was, yes, our... Uh, Cornetto trilogy discussion. If you haven't watched these movies, sorry if we spoiled them. Uh, you, you should have seen them by you, now. <laughs> and even if we have spoiled them, you know you gotta watch, watch them. them. They're infinitely rewatchable, especially the first two. Yes. Um, yes. So please check that out. Um, and then, of course, if you want to hear us talk about Baby Driver and uh, um, shit, Scott Pilgrim, Scott Pilgrim, and I guess a little bit about Spaced. Um, yeah, we'll try to squeeze that in. We're, we're going to talk about that on Patreon this Monday. It uh, It's only three bucks a month to get uh, one extra episode every week. Uh, commentary tracks. Every month we release a commentary track. We're, or we haven't, but we're going to. At this we, In October <laughs> we released six. So yes. Making up for missed months. Um, there's also <laughs> early access to my other podcast, Madison Method. Um, there's early access to videos whenever I make those anymore. So much stuff and for just a Starbucks. You might get the early uh, episode of Last Night in Soho if you're lucky. But other than that, it's at uh, uh, the Spoilercast on Twitter and on Instagram. Yes. So check us out there. Thank you so much for listening. You'll find all the socials and links. Of course, there are links down below if you're watching this on YouTube. There are also links, even if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever. There are links everywhere. So once again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you at least on Thursday, right? But until then, have a good one. Bye. Bye. The Spoiler Cast is part of Please Don't Make a Scene. It's hosted by Tobias Anderbeke-Vedin, produced by Tobias Vedin. Executive producer is Annika Vedin. Direction and sound editing by Tobias Vedin. A big thank you to all our supporters over on Patreon for keeping this show going. Rasmus Jonsson, Laura Kinney, Mom and Dad.